Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Dr. Charles Jones. Dr. Jones is one of the founding members of chiropractors in Dubai. He's a former president of the Emirates Chiropractic Association and is currently the longest practicing chiropractor in the UAE. His California chiropractic and sports medicine clinic boasts state-of-the-art technology imported directly from the U.S. to ensure you're receiving the most effective and evidence-based treatments available. During this episode, we discuss his role as a chiropractor and how he helps patients. We do a deep dive into all aspects of health and lifestyle and what are the crucial steps we all need to take in order to be considered healthy. And the last message he wanted to share is take care of yourself because nobody else will. Please join me in welcoming to the show, Dr. Charles Jones. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So guys, let me give you the backstory of how I met this guy and how he's been <laughs> saving my life. So uh, Lana, my wife, has been telling me about you since the day, since the day we met. She's like, you have to go. You have to go. I know her father has been going for like 20 years and stuff. I'm like, chiroprac- chiroprac- what do you call it? Chiroprac- chiropractory? Chiropractic. Chiropractic yeah. was something that I'd heard about, but I, you know, I've seen obviously the famous videos on TikTok with the cracks and whatever. And I used yeah. to think, I'm like, is that real? Does that actually does that actually happen? But anyway, long story short, I I was going through some uh, medical issues, and then I came to you. And since I came to you, it's been I think a couple past six months. It's been a game changer because I, I feel better and everything just, I like the way you approach like a patient in terms of it's, because I did all the medical tests, I've done them and everything was like, yeah, you're good, it's fine, your blood levels, your stomach, all that. But I'm like, okay, if everything's good, why am I still feeling this way? And it was only until I came to you and we did those adjustments and only that, the supplementation that you gave me after that was super, super helpful. So I wanted to dive in today about what is chiropractic? How is it different from traditional medicine? How do you guys analyze the body differently? Because I think I'm, it's not one or the other, but I think there's a different approach that you guys take. So before we get into everything, Dr. Jones, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there. Oh, by the way, do you want me to call you Charles or Dr. Jones? Charles you is fine. Charles is fine. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, I got into chiropractic. I was a ex motorcycle racer when I was young, and I had a se- severe accident. Uh, at the time, I fractured my spine, and uh, I come f- from a family of physicians. Oh, okay. Uh, my uh, and uh, I had went through the normal medical route, and I wasn't getting anywhere. I was having a lot of issues still. So I ended up going to a chiropractor when I was, for the first time I was 17. And uh, it was like a game changer for me. Yeah. It was like immediate change in how I felt. Uh, My body started to respond very quickly. And uh, that's, was my first exposure to chiropractic. Okay. Uh, So... I originally started university. I was going to be an engineer. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. That's uh, quite a quite a switch. Okay, <laughs> interesting. And uh, because my mind kind of thinks in it's that very systematic, yeah, very linear, very black and white. And um, I got into my third year in university, and I was 
kind of bored. And at the time, I was working as a personal trainer at night. Okay. When I was uh, in undergrad, so I was really getting more and more into health. And uh, uh, I thought, you know what? I'm going to change majors and go into pre med. Uh, so okay. I, at the, my junior year, I, I switched. Most of my classes in in the U.S. You do your general ed the first two. Mm-hmm. So the majority of my classes they carried over anyway uh perfect and uh when i finished my pre-med i was like do i go into medicine do i go into dentistry do i go into chiropractic i I wasn't sure so i i followed my gp around and i was bored to death just watching that you know (laughs) and a lot of you know older people a lot Mm. of now i can relate but uh, <laughs> and a lot of just kids with runny nose stuff like that uh, and then I followed a dentist around and I thought no I don't really want to do dentistry and then I followed my chiropractor around and it was like a really cool experience because mm. he was seeing a lot of athletes uh, a lot of people that really cared about their health you know and uh, he had such a great rapport with all his patients and that's why I went and I had such a positive experience earlier I went you know what I'm going to become a chiropractor okay and that's really really uh, I didn't know that you did because uh, when I was doing my research I know that you did um, motocross for like 10 years then you had that really bad injury um, and uh, the doctor was telling you that you know you're going to be in pain for for like forever you're going to have another two surgeries by the time you're 30 and then so it's interesting hearing when you were hearing that at the time and that positive experience you had with that first chiropractor that you went to see and now with the knowledge that you I guess that you know I guess at that time did you did that make you lose your faith in like the med in medicine a little bit because um, I can imagine it would with such a serious injury and then something that now you know like you're perfectly fine and you didn't have to have those surgeries and stuff so it's 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 weird. I'm not sure how you would have felt at the time. Well, I think one of the things that really swayed me is that uh, the philosophy of chiropractic is, is it's more of a natural type of healing art. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're dealing with the musculoskeletal system uh, affecting through the nervous system. But you, you're given a lot of nutritional classes. Uh, you're given... Uh, a lot of exercise to have the patient change Mm. uh, that way Uh, instead of just automatically handing somebody a drug and Mm -hmm. say here take this uh, which is the way everything was being taught especially at that time in the medical schools Mm. Uh, it's it's highly ran by the pharmaceutical companies okay and the majority of research and everything Everything comes through the pharmaceutical end of things. Now, where the big difference between chiropractic and medicine is we, there is always a place for medicine. I mean, I'm not trying to downgrade of medicine course, in of any course. way. Yeah. The, there's times when you have to have surgery. There's times where you have to have some type of medicines. You, you maybe you've got to balance your hormones, whatever it may be. But the if you want to really make somebody healthy, you know, you have to work with the patient. You have to get them eating right, sleeping right, mm. doing exercise. That's where the, the, the big 
difference in philosophy is. Mm. And it's tough to do that. It's a lot easier to give them a pill than it is to sit down and say, you know what? You need to lose weight. And mm. this is how we're going to do it. And because you have to deal with uh, the rapport of the patient and how much they're going to fall through on your instruction. Yeah, it sounds like you need to, uh, in, in the work that you do, you need, there's a lot more investment and effort on your part on building rapport with that patient and understanding yeah. their, their backstory. Because like you said, obviously the doctor's going to ask you for your medical history and so on. They're going to look at the charts, the graphs and, so, and stuff. But kind of like you said, it, the medical field seems very plug and play. This is the problem. Do this. This is that. Do that. And I think in the work you do, there's a lot more... I think in maybe investig investigation that you have to do, would that, would that be about right? You have to understand where's the dif dysfunction, where's the disease process starting, you know? Mm. And that takes a little bit of in-depth time sometimes to figure that out. And the body is, is you got to look at it holistically, you, you know, is this person having uh, problems because their hormones aren't right and they're not able to lose weight they're putting on a lot of weight they're tired all the time they don't want to exercise their lifestyle may be really poor you know they're in front of a computer 20 you know 12 hours a day you know and that dramatically affects mm -hmm. the neck and upper back mm -hmm. dramatically so uh you can't fix that with a pill yeah and the only time you can fix it with surgery is at the very end stage when you can't do anything else, then you got to go and infuse the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, but there's many, 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 many steps before you get to that. Before you get there. Okay. Um, I've been so on the, over the last few uh, months, I've been watching a lot of podcasts related to health because it's just an area that I'm interested in. Not saying that I'm healthy at all, but it's just an area that I like to learn and medicine and kind of like the work you do stuff that interests me. So there's a guy called. Uh, Gary Brecker, I don't know if you're familiar with him, and he talks about how his philosophy is, he talks about something called, I'm going to go super technical here, and I might butcher this, by the way, so I apologize in advance, something like your methylation, and that kind of affects so many different areas of how you like process things, how your hormones are balanced, and so on, and his philosophy is the body just needs like obviously there's a time and place for medicine there's time and place to go to a chiropractor but a chiropractor but at the end of the day he's like you have deficiencies in your body doing which are causing you to have certain conditions certain issues and so on he's like all you need to do is find out what that is supplement it obviously there's a lifestyle change that probably has to come with it and that will fix the problem what do you what would you say to that would you agree with that or do you think there's more to it or less to it what would you say i've fully agree with that okay uh, a lot of people uh, if you think of most diseases today your, your, your chronic diseases like diabetes type 2 mm -hmm. uh, heart disease uh, even most forms of cancer they're all lifestyle induced you really know? it's is that significant it's that significant wow so if you uh, if you're living a real clean lifestyle you're getting your adequate sleep you're getting that's when you're body is going to function at its highest level mm. think about if you if you were a car okay now if you had a ferrari most guys are going to take care of that ferrari they're going to put you know they're going to make sure the oils change that you're putting in good fuel all the time you're going to make sure it's clean all the time and you're not going to take it out and banging around in the desert mm. you only get one ferrari and that's your body 
but people treat them like a Toyota. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. <laughs> you know? Facts, it's true. It's true. That's such a. <laughs> I love that analogy. It's so. Um, it's so clear. Okay, so let me ask you this then. If we now we've established that uh, lifestyle is such a big factor and supplementation can be the key to you know addressing many many issues and chronic issues and so on. But my question, the question then becomes is, is there a point of no return? For example, like now for uh, people who have diabetes, you know, they take the insulin injections every day because they, their body physically can't, you know, produce that insulin that they need. So is it, is it like, for, for, so in my case, for example, I would see that as you've passed the, you know, you've, you've gone over that, you've, you've, you've passed that barrier where it was still fixable. Or is it, in your, in your opinion, still there, treatable there is definitely a point of of where you have to get more and more aggressive with the type of tech of uh treatment you gotta okay so like if you're a let's take a musculoskeletal problem like a neck issue okay uh if you constantly are on a laptop all day long and you're not doing any exercise you're not um uh, taking adequate rest you're, you're you're sleeping in a real poor position and all you're doing for the pain is you keep taking a you know a brufen you know mm. yeah i feel a little bit better but it's still kind of there uh you end up either causing irreversible damage to your disc or you start to get osteoarthritis and then uh we we will all get that to a certain degree as we get older okay I'll give you a good example of this. When I first came out of school, you never saw a disc issue uh, in someone until late 30s, early 40s would be the earliest you see it. I just had a patient last week, 17. What? 17? 17. Wow. And what's really driving me crazy is all these kids are going to school and the schools are making them go on your iPad. Bring your iPad in so you can do your homework on your iPad. Well, like this yeah that's okay if you're just doing your homework but now the kid's not going out and they're not playing soccer anymore yeah they're playing on their ipad after schools mm. so uh it, it's just the, the amount of hours that people are putting in with poor posture and they're not doing anything to rectify that mm. then, then we're, we're seeing a dramatic degeneration within the yeah, that that's that's a musculoskeletal order. The other way we can look at it is uh, when somebody's eating poor quality foods. You know, they're eating a lot of carbs. They're they're they've be, they're getting heavier. They're putting on more and more uh, fat. Mm -hmm. You know, and it gets to the point where they become insulin dependent, mm -hmm. and then they have to go on a heavier and instead of stopping, say, hey, you know what? Let's zip the mouth a little bit, <laughs> eat a little bit cleaner, do some exercise. Yeah. And, bring it back that way do you think that it sounds like you, you know what uh, i think is frustrating sometimes like speaking as I, I can your perspective might be one thing but mine might be something else is it sounds like from all the things i watch i research i listen to when it comes to health it seems like the things that you need to do to be in quotations healthy are pretty simple and yet we all don't, uh, and majority of us, myself included, by the way, I'm, I'm not saying I'm anything special. Why, why do you think we, if it's so simple, 
then why why don't we do it? That's the thing. I, I don't even know. I, I'm not like that. And I don't even have the answer for myself. Humans are lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also, it, it seems to be a significant loss of common sense anymore. You know, they, no, that's not true. They know they're doing the wrong things. Oh, yeah. They just don't want to do it. They're enjoying that cupcake. They're enjoying that glass of wine. They're mm. enjoying uh, sitting around and not exercising, mm. you know? Uh, and, and that's the majority of problems today. Think about how we used to live. We had to walk from point A to point B. From the time we woke up in the morning... It, and everywhere we did is we walk. Now we're we're forcing people to get step counters to say you need ten thousand steps a day, you know. Mm. And people aren't doing it. You know, the average step for per day is like two thousand five hundred now. Mm. You know, that's barely to the bathroom and back a few times. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's it's really frustrating on that part. It's just trying to motivate people to. To, to move yeah yeah to move 100 <laughs> percent i've uh, even speaking you know myself i've 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 been in a phase for quite a while that i've been <laughs> inactive but now we're slowly trying to get back and what you're talking about is so true that it it does come down to it, it it's lazy it is laziness at the end of the day i'm not gonna sit here and try to b- b- bullshit anyone it's pure laziness but i'm curious from your perspective is it and I think I love the example that you use that, you know, how things have changed and how back in the day, for example, I love the 10,000 step example. You would get that anyway, because that, yeah. that was your life. So you didn't have something to it was. I think the problem, the problem is, is even for myself. And I'm like, oh, I should walk half an hour every day. I'm talking. This is a personal thing. Once I think of it in that way, like as something I have to do that requires like a mental effort to get my ass up the chair and you know get out get out the house and I guess if someone is in that situation what what advice would you have to them or how would you try to speak to them to make that effort that they see as something big a little more reasonable in their mind even though it is reasonable it's half an hour of walking come on there is a point where you have to have certain triggers to, to make your, your body, oh, I need to do this. And it may be something like uh, your children. You know, it's like, you know what? I want to watch, I want to have grandchildren someday. I want to watch my child grow up. Uh, that could be a, a good trigger. Um, the other thing is just realizing you're in pain all the time and you're getting sick and tired of being in pain. You know, mm-hmm. the only way you can make a lifestyle change is you ha- it starts in here. You know, I can't force you. Your, your wife can't force you. It has to come from within, mm. you know. Yeah. You know, and if you look at the big, your, your really big athletes, your athletic stars, they're the strongest up here before they ever step onto a court or onto a pitch somewhere yeah that's that's so true everyone you know all all the biggest guys always talk about you know it's all the mental game the mental game the mental game uh so i i became and once i became a uh, a licensed hypnotherapist i really understood like i got a deeper understanding of how powerful this is but how 
dumb we are <laughs> we, we, we are as people um but i'm uh, coming back to the whole a uh, chiropractor area so because i want people to because even before i i came to you maybe i had some skepticism or, or or so on so and you know sometimes there's that some people say that chiropractors are in quotations not real doctors so I guess my question is, I feel like it's been, it's gotten better recently. Like people are more open to it. People are more interested in that kind, in, in the work that you do. So I guess why are people, why do people say that? Like chiropractors are not real doctors just because you didn't get that. But if you can still help me and <laughs> do all that. We're going to get in some political stuff. Let's right? do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. I'd love to, please. Okay. I'll take it all the way back to when chiropractic started. Okay. 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 Um, both chiropractic and osteopathic profession, they started about the same time at the turn of the 20th century. And the chiropractic profession really was kind of evolved uh, out of the naturopathic realm, you know, trying to do everything as natural as possible. And the early chiropractic doctors uh, really said, you don't need drugs, you don't need surgery. They're really anti-medicine, okay? Mm. Um, and they also tr tried to say, oh, we're going to treat cancer. We're gonna treat, you know, by doing chiropractic. No, well, that didn't pan out. So it created a big divide between the medical doctors and the chiropractors of the time. This is back Oh, up until the 1920s. Now, this is here. Here's an interesting thing. What the AMA did, the American Medical Association did at that, at that time, is they came to the osteopaths and the chiropractors and the naturopaths and said, "Look, uh, we're going to put everything under the AMA, but you have to you, you start to accept doing drugs and surgery, and." At the time in America, the osteopaths, the osteopaths accepted that, okay? So if you go to an osteopath in America today, they're very much just like an MD. They're, they're pushing their drugs. Very little manipulation, very little uh, of the natural, mm. you know. Mm -mm. Uh, and they're doing a lot of surgery, you know. Now, at that time, some of the osteopaths that didn't want to do that route that's when they went over to Europe, and that's when osteopathy started in Europe. Okay, the chiropractor said, no way, we're not going to do this, and they stayed separate, okay? Uh, and this went on uh, to the point where there was such a, uh, di it's almost like the Democrats and the Republicans now. Oh, it's like that, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's that much of a divide up until about the 80s. And then, sorry, then we just started to realize, you know, chiropractic's not going away, and it started to build ground, especially through sports medicine. Uh, and the reason for that is because you're getting really good results with the human body by what they were teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, just what, what do you think about what we're talking about today? Sleeping right, eating right, exercise. And then making sure the body's in, in proper tune. And, and that's gotten more and more ground, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. to the point where it's, we're kind of ahead of the ball game because people are getting fed up with having drugs pushed down 
you know yeah and, and they're seeing that you're seeing that more and more and more yeah I had you know that's so I I didn't I never knew the history of of the field and uh, the way you described it as like you know once you said Republican and Democrats I'm like okay I get it you know I get I get the divide yeah. and I get why it's so it's so um, challenging. There was a large antitrust suit that came that that the chiropractic profession won in the 80s, and it was against the AMA at that time because they were trying to and they started all sorts of uh, things to discredit the chiropractic profession. Oh, they're not real doctors. Mm. Well, we do the, we were doing the same amount of hours, you know, mm. pre-med with you know, the, by the time you come out of school, it's eight years in, in America. Even for, even for chiropractic, it's yeah. eight years too. Oh, wow. Eight okay. years. Oh, you know, wow. I had a, my bachelor's degree first, then, then you go into your postgraduate work and then you do your internship, you know, and, uh, it's different though in Europe and, uh, Australia. It, they, it's not quite that long, but yeah. but in America it's that way. Yeah, I know in America there's because uh, my my younger brother he's in med school right now and he's uh, in the UK and it's you know five five six years I think and then you go out and do your you know specializations and so on. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is okay so they so they won that suit chiropractic has been becoming more popular over the last I guess since the eighties it's been growing in popularity is it yeah. now accepted by the AMA? Is it considered a legitimate medical, you know, yeah. it, it would fall under that? Because the reason I say that is, for example, my, my insurance, for example, covers that. So if it wasn't medical now, then they probably wouldn't. That's my logic. What, 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 do you, what would you say? Yeah. What's really interesting is uh, it's, it's before the 80, before that lawsuit came out, uh, if an MD actually refer, referred a patient to a, a chiropractor, that MD could lose his hospital uh, admitting privileges. Uh, it, it, that's how bad wow, it was. was. That bad? It was crazy. Wow. Um, so after that, they, the AMA couldn't do that to, to him anymore. So mm -hmm. all that stuff stopped. And then chiropractors were getting uh, rotations on hospital staff, you know, and we were being more and more accepted in to the point where it's almost it, it, technically it's an alternative medicine, but it's almost within the mainstream realm now. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. I, I would say that you know, uh, un up until I'd say five, seven, maybe five plus years ago, I'd heard of chiropractors, but there was never. I was always very skeptical about it just because of you know how I grew up. Yeah. I'd never experienced it myself. Uh, but what's interesting is so okay so. This is where my head, you know, like kind of explodes a little bit. I'm like, okay, this is because uh, I've had people on the podcast and we've spoken about, you know, the benefits of, you know, natural medicine and everything we've talked about so far when we, you know, when you reflect on maybe a hundred plus, maybe a hundred years ago, there's so many things today that uh, there are issues today that didn't exist back then. And natural medicine has been around since the beginning of time, you know, different yeah. cultures around the world use different uh things like for example Korea's as ginseng and like just so my question is let's say I'm me I'm I'm Khaled now I come to you I'm like I want to learn ab about what natural medicines <clears throat> I could take to address maybe some of the things I'm having and I think this is the this is where as a as a patient I struggle because I'm going to go to the doctor 
The doctor's going to tell me, okay, they're going to do some tests, whatever. This is what's wrong. Here, here's, what, here's the pill or the medicine, what you need to do, and you know you're on your way. I don't have to. There's no um, <clears throat> like mental investment or research on my part. But if I could address these issues without having to go to a doctor and like naturally, maybe I would rather do that. But I need some, the people I've spoken to, like yourself and others on the podcast, you guys have such a depth of knowledge in that to advise me on what I should be taking. Even from, even from my last um, meeting, you know, you're like, take milk thistle. I'm like, what the hell is that? I've never heard of that before. So what do you say to that? Is that the challenge or what is that the block that stops people from diving deeper into natural uh, medication? Yeah. Now, this is, <laughs> this is a tough part, but one of the best things is, that's happened in the last 10 years, but one of the, sometimes some of the worst is Dr. Google. Okay. Yeah, Dr. Google is a problem. <laughs> so it, it does allow the patients really, you know, they can put in their symptoms, you know, and you can get a good idea of what's going on. Okay. Now, when you're doing, utilizing natural medicines, you're, what you're trying to do, if you're taking a nutrient, okay, or a supplement, or a vitamin, mineral, whatever it may be, uh, you're trying to balance your biochemistry yes. of your body, right? And the majority of dysfunction is usually we're lacking some chemical. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Whatever it may be. Now, let's take example, bl blood pressure. Okay. Okay. You go to the MD and the guy takes your blood pressure. It's elevated. He's got two choices to go with. He, he can give you a beta blocker, which slows your, the, the, how your heart compresses and how much it pumps out. Or uh, you can take a diuretic, for example, which reduces the peripheral uh, resistance that the, the heart has to pump mm -hmm. through. So you, you lose some of your fluid so it's, it can pump easier. Okay. Now, is, are you having high blood pressure because you've got placking in your arteries and that's because you've been eating a lot of, you know, you're, you're producing a lot of triglycerides, uh, I mean cholesterol, or you're eating a lot of triglycerides and you're dieting a lot of fats. So you're getting a hardening of that particular artery. It could be that, or you may have a kidney issue, you know, and your kidneys aren't producing uh, proper hormones that help regulate that. So you got to look deeper than just, let's make that blood pressure in here. Mm -hmm. We don't care that the kidneys are shutting down, We're, but your blood pressure is really good. Mm. See, that's where they're, you got to connect the, disconnect. the dots mm. all the way through. Okay. You know? Okay. That so, makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. So... I think in uh, traditional medicine, you treat the you treat the the disease, not the patient. You know, it's yeah, kind of and that example is perfect because in that in like for example that high blood pressure, he's gonna go, he's gonna give, he's just gonna okay, this is what he has. I'm gonna give him that medicine for that, and it's not necessarily taking that next step to understand where is that actually coming from. So if I'm if because. I think, like for example, I'm going to use myself as an example. I came to, when I came uh, and we started work, uh, working together, I saw, like, this was my last resort because I had run, everything else from on the medical side had not worked out. Yeah. 
but then when um, I I came to you and you know you did you did your adjustments and what blew my mind honestly in everything was when you told me you lift your leg and you're like oh that, there's something wrong and then you just like did something and all of a sudden and it was instant mm-hmm. and that is what blows my mind so how do I as a patient now how can I learn how can I get a deeper understanding of where what am i lacking and what where and what are the what is the supplementation that i need to be doing like what are the kind of tests i need to do to find that out because my blood's blood is all good uh kidney uh, all, all the organs are functioning well fine great but there's now as we've been talking now okay that's good fine i want to go to level two i want to go deeper and start looking at that what are the kind of things or tests i need to do where do i need to be looking for research who do i need to be seeing that's where this is very personal, by the way. I'm yeah. just super curious that what do I need to do now? What would be next step? Okay. When we're looking at somebody who's not feeling good and they're not functioning well. Yeah. Okay. You think of a triangle. Okay. Okay. So on that triangle, we have structure down here, you know, what's going on with the body structurally. Okay. And that's also how the nervous system works. And I'll talk a little bit later about nervous we have the chemical side of things, okay? Mm-hmm. Is there something lacking hormonally? Is there something lacking in a, a vitamin? That's Vitamin D is a big one here, okay? Yeah, surprising. Which so many different uh, functions within the body. So the chemical side. The, this is where the most MDs work on, the chemical side of things. And then we have the psychological side of things. The... Mm. And this is where, like, if you're under a lot of mental stress constantly, if you're uh, having issues at work, issues at family, issues, so you're, that's going to have a knock-on effect into the overall well-being of the human body. So you, what you want to try to do is balance all those things. Okay. So how do you do that? When I look at somebody, I'm using the nervous system to do certain tests so like if i'm using a muscle uh as an indicator to kind of kind of see what's going on there's different ways of seeing how quickly the body will respond okay okay uh so for if we go into the nervous system okay let's separate the nervous system into two sides we got the peripheral nervous system over here we have the autonomic nervous system over here Autonomic is everything that's automatic. Focusing of our eyes, beating of our heart, our blood pressure, how we sweat. You know, this is autonomic. And that's split into your sympathetic and parasympathetic. Okay? So over here is the peripheral. That's everything that we can control. I want to lift my arm. My brain goes, lift the arm, and I can do it. Okay? That's uh, more within if there's issues within a, an athlete for example okay now if we're having uh, a lot of hypertension for example okay that usually means that everything's switched on the body's firing away the, the heart's pumping really hard we got an elevated uh, pulse rate you know, you know everything's cranked up so 
when you work with the body through chiropractic, you can have a, a, a huge effect on an autonomic nervous system. So mm. you can adjust specific levels and you can immediately lower blood pressure. Will it stay that way? It depends. Mm, okay. 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 It depends uh, if this, the issue is just the structure of the body, it will stay that way. But if there's another trigger over here because of something else, it can, you haven't corrected the, the loop yet. Okay. Okay. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so, it's fascinating to me. It's so like intricate yet and complex at the same time and understanding what to do when and going deeper into, you know, those areas. So let's say I'm a, let's say when should, okay, let me ask you this question because is, is a chiropractor someone that you should be, con is, so I should be seeing them on a consistent basis or is that as in, is it as in when needed? Because I know, for example, from just uh, the couple sessions we've had together, I know uh, I came to you one way, left a different way, but then we didn't see each other for a while and I'm sure lots, and then I've, you get, um, unbalanced again and then you go in you but you get unbalanced but you don't maybe you don't know like me I, I had no idea I just wasn't I wasn't feeling well uncertainly I'm like okay I'm I know that side's good so I'm gonna go back to Dr. Jones so where does the I guess where does a when you're considering going to a chiropractor like where does that where should it fit in okay this this is a, a good question because a lot of people fully don't understand this part and yeah we're seeing more and more people needing chiropractors because of the computer and the phone and you know i used to would see more uh people that because of my background's in sports medicine mm -hmm. i did a lot of work with athletes so if the athlete got tackled or something like that then something got thrown off then i could correct him um and but now it, it's because of posture and how people are, are working and, and how they're sleeping and their, their posture over time. So if you think of it this way, okay, there's two ways we come out of balance with our musculoskeletal system, quickly and slowly. The quick way is abnormal force on a healthy individual, getting tackled in the football game and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you got an issue. Okay? Yeah. You've been knocked out of alignment that way. Okay, the, the more common way is the slower way and that's postural mm. something you're doing yeah over uh, over years at a time now that period of how much you need to be adjusted depends on what you're doing in the meantime if you're somebody going to the gym and you're exercising regularly and you're doing you're eating right maybe get checked once a year or if your symptoms change mm. if the pain starts to come back or if your blood pressure starts going up whatever that may be okay yeah uh, but if you're uh, somebody who's playing rugby i need to see it probably once a week yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. It, it really depends okay. so it's a variable type of yeah thing. um and so it's interesting so the work the 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 work you do or what you do after the session after a chiropractic session will dictate either the need you're going to have for the how soon you're going to need another one or if you feel, if a symptom changes that you're like okay am i this doesn't feel like it's completely been 
fixed yet or healed so i might need to go back for another is it a process you know is it, it, it is a process it's a treatment process you know one i can't just come to you once you do you could break you could um, crack every bone every angle in my body and all of a sudden i'm a brand new person and i'm good forever that's not necessarily how it works Correct. and i can imagine the longer i've had this issue for the more work it's going to take to um, both in uh, in a session with you and outside in my lifestyle that I'm going to have to do to adjust that, to, to correct that. Yeah, the way you can think of, think of somebody that's gained a lot of weight. They didn't put on a lot of weight after one fatty meal. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. a series. Of, and they don't lose weight after skipping one fatty meal. Mm. You know, it, it's a process. Uh, the longer somebody's had an issue or the more advanced the degeneration that the body has... Mm. the more you have to treat the person. It also depends on their overall fitness level. Like somebody who's young, athletic, got good muscle tone, uh, they're going to be easy to fix. Those are the easiest people. The tougher people are people that are older, maybe have an underlying uh, disease of some sort, uh, are not doing any type of exercise, those people, it, it takes, sometimes you can only take them so far. Really? Know? Yeah. Because they just don't have the muscle to, to, to stabilize their, their uh, structure. It could be they're, they're just so heavy that they're, they've put such a load on their joints that the joint is no longer have the integrity to maintain good structure. Mm. So it, it keeps... Yeah, you know so. how how important is um, because this is this is probably the area I'm the uh, the biggest disaster at flexibility. How important is that to everything? Very important. Okay. Yeah. Very, what you I'm want? Screwed. <laughs> I'm like this table. I'm like a block. I swear. What you want is you want mobility mm. with functionality. Okay. And stability. There's a difference there. Okay. You can be a, I treat a lot of yoga instructors. Okay. Yeah, that, must, that must be interesting. They're very flexible, but they don't do enough strengthening to maintain it. So they're over flexible so that their structure doesn't maintain. Okay. Interesting. Now, it depends on how they've trained. Sure. You know, some yoga, depending on which uh, type of yoga they were doing. Okay. Where if you take, uh, a power lifter. These guys are really strong, but they have the mobility of a rock, you know. So, you if you if you're really looking at fitness mm. and in health, you have to have full mobility, f- good stability mm. at the same time, Mm-mm. you know. And this is where CrossFit really kind of exploded exploded because yeah. you're they're making people do everything yeah you know not just bodybuilding or not just running you know they kind of put everything together and, and it's exploded okay so let me so on on that point so it's interesting that you can be uh you can be very flexible but don't have the strength to maintain maybe that position for a very long time yeah that's something i never really the, the stability part is something i never really paid attention to but i'm curious so what's the difference between then flexibility and mobility because in my mind they see like flexibility seems like when i think flexible i'm like oh how far can i stretch but isn't that mobility too do you know i'm confused so maybe yeah okay flexibility 
would be the amount of range of motion you can go through. Okay. Okay. Yeah, naturally. Okay. Now you can take some of these uh, circus performers who can bend it over backwards and put the, mm -hmm. the okay. <laughs> That's they've taken their body beyond the normal range of mobility. Okay. 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 Uh, mobility is the ability to go through a full range of motion. Okay. That is within the normal realm of normalcy for the human body. And it's stable mm. as you go through. If you're going through and all of a sudden you get this clunk, you know, because the shoulder moves halfway through, that's not normal. You have the okay. mobility there. You can go through that full range, but you don't have the stability. Okay. Flexibility, if you're over flexible, you're usually not, you usually don't have stability either. They have a tendency because they've pushed their body beyond. Mm. The normal limits yeah does that make sense yeah no that makes that makes a lot of sense but it's you know what it's just i think something that i think about um and everything we've talked about so far is it just sounds like to maybe to me it just sounds like a lot in terms of the amount of different areas you could have you know problems you know to be a normal uh in quotation again a normal healthy individual yeah i could maybe maybe i'm sleeping right eating right whatever but i have zero mobility zero strength zero flexibility you know there's there's always something so i guess is it just different per person in terms of what their goals are or is there a general from you know your experience is there a general baseline that you're like if you can do the if you're if you have all these five things at a decent level consistently you're probably doing, you know, a good job because if this is if what you're good at here usually means you're. It sounds like a I'll positive and a negative here. I'll give you another example. Sure. Take a marathon runner. Okay. Okay. You can run a marathon, but making bench press 300 pounds, he's trapped underneath the, the bar. You take a power lifter. He can bench press the 300 pounds, but he can't run a mile. Mm. Okay. Which one's healthier? Neither. Neither. Ah, okay. So you should have a certain amount of strength. Okay? okay. You should have a certain amount of cardiovascular fitness. Okay. Uh, you should have the ability to recover adequately. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you can be fit, but technically unhealthy. And what I mean by that is, um, you, if you watch a marathon or you watch maybe uh, a triathlon, and you'll see these guys that are technically obese, you know, they're, they've, they're carrying too much body fat. Are they fit? They can perform that function, but they're not healthy because of the amount of fat they have, which could lead to a cardiovascular episode later. Ah, so fit, so fit, fit and health are two completely different. They're two different things. And I think Correct. a lot of times we associate those two together. It depends on what paradigm of fitness you're using. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, like what are the metrics you're using to dictate if you're fit, fit or not? Yeah. 
Yeah, like you can take, I just read this study. It was really interesting. They took 50 power lifters at the Olympic level, and every single one of them had a lumbar disc issue. Every single one of them. Really? This is the Olympic level. Are they fit? Not anymore. Are they healthy? Not anymore. But they were at this high level of what we would consider an Olympic athlete at one yeah. time. You know? Wow, that that's actually very... When you think about it, yeah. kind of, wow, never you know, thought about that. Yeah, and at that level, because we just see the, 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 the performance. We don't know the, the intricacies behind the deficiencies that they might have to in doing this performance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've pushed their body to such an nth degree that they've damaged it. Okay. Marathon, okay. Here's another one that I like to use when when I'm dealing with runners. You know, runners really they they get addicted, you know, and they get locked in, yeah. and they want to go longer and longer and faster and faster. Once you get technically, usually the cutoff lines around 10k. You get start to get beyond 10k. It's no longer you're not getting healthier as you're doing it. You're actually after a marathon. You, you're in a pathologic state. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that happen to your body that you have to recover from mm. before you can do another marathon. Yeah. You know, and then you get these guys that are doing multiple marathons right in a row. Are they breaking any their personal best records on each one? No, because they're putting so much stress into their body by, by performing that particular. Yeah. So are they really being healthy no okay and you know what's interesting about that is we i think we as people we think uh, when we see examples like that that those are the examples that are defining to us or define like subconsciously defines us or like that's what fit looks like that's what health looks like you know yeah. where in the powerlifting example in the running example and it's it's i never even i and so we had this conversation that's that's what i would have thought you know, um, and it, and I think there's a pro like if that's how we're perceiving, if that's what we perceive fitness as or health as, I think there's a problem there because yeah. the we're in, we don't know the 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 backstory or the intricacies behind what's going on behind all that. Like, yeah, um, it looks good, results maybe get you're getting results, you're performing well, but we don't know the after. Like you take a lot of athletes. <laughs> you can get into an example of some uh, people have to do exercise for their psychological health, you know, and they're utilizing exercise to the degree where it's, it's starting to become unhealthy. They're starting to get, because they're training so much, they're overtraining, then they're starting to get injuries like mm. stress fractures or whatever it may be. Uh, that's not healthy. They're using the exercise as their drug mm. to treat their psychological, whatever, you know, maybe they're so upset with their, their spouse that they just got to get out of the house and run. Yeah. You know, instead of facing the actual issue, mm. you know, uh, and, and that's another thing. You got to be aware of that when you're, you're treating someone, you know, why are they getting all these overuse injuries you know is it because they're ignorant of what they're doing or is it because they're pushing themselves too hard for another reason yeah you know so no. you have to 
you have to take time with that patient. Yeah. And I think um, that triangle that you described earlier, you know, the psychological, the, the what was it, physical, the structural and the chemical. The chemical, yeah. Um, and that I think that psychological side plays into all these things, I think, more than we give credit to sometimes. Big time. Um, you know? Big time. Uh, yeah. And that's, I can imagine for the work that you do, that could be pretty challenging because you're not, you're not like a, you're not, you're not there to give therapy, but like you're going to have to address that psychological side at some point, or maybe, or do you recommend if someone's really going through that and consistently like coming back to you with the same issue and you've identified now that it's psychological, would you recommend for them to go to, for example, therapy yeah. and stuff? Okay. Yeah. If it's something okay, on my scope, it's like, okay, let's get you to somebody okay. who can help you with that part of yeah. it. You know, I'm very comfortable you know, within the musculoskeletal range, neuromusculoskeletal, uh, and within certain parameters that can be helped through nutrition. Mm -hmm. Okay, not a problem with that. And certain psychological, you know, maybe you're having a, maybe had a car accident and you're psychologically, I can, I'm okay with that. But if it's getting deeper, you know, mm. I'd rather have somebody that's deep, can specified do, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and no, look, that makes that makes a lot of sense. You can't, <laughs> it can't be, it can't be everything. I wanted to just come. I wanted to come on to the the, the supplementation aspect, mm -hmm. and that is an area. And I think we and we've touched we touched on this earlier in the conversation of you know the we all have deficiencies and how do we address or plug in or the supplementation that we need or the food that we need to get to that. I actually read, um, I saw a podcast recently and the guy was talking about how supplementation is not that it's bullshit, but he's saying like you, like if you're eating right, you should never need supplements. Would you agree with that? Technically that's true. Okay. But here's the issues with it. Okay. Especially here in Dubai, for example, mm. is anything fresh here? truly fresh there's very little that just got picked yesterday yes out of a very uh, organic grown farm okay mm. so by the time our food gets here it's been leached of a lot of its vitamins and minerals okay ah oh, think about that i've yeah. never ever thought of that you know, that's so interesting. Now, uh, now here's the other thing. Like, if depending on where the actual food has been actually grown, uh, for example, American. Okay, there's a lot of all. Uh, most of the food's been made to look great. Yes. And have a long shelf life. So they've tweaked it. Is that really healthy for our body? No. no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this is one of the big issues we're having with, we're seeing such a huge in, influx of issues with people having food allergies now because everything's been tweaked that, that our body don't recognize it. So it starts creating an inflammatory response within the body, you know, and it's because of how quickly the food industry's changed things yeah okay now going back to how do we know if we're getting all our vitamins and minerals yeah and, yeah and all that if we um look at how they we came up with oh you need so many 
so much level of calcium every day, so much sure. level of magnesium. Yeah. yeah. How that was actually done is they took healthy individuals, did blood work of those healthy individuals, and then broke everything down and said, okay, this guy's getting this much food, giving him this much calcium, and they did it over a period of time, mm. right? Well, that was done back in the, I believe it, I maybe, don't hold me on this, it sure. was like in the 20s or 30s. Oh, that far back? RDA did all this. Oh, shit, okay. okay. I didn't know it was that long ago. Okay. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Well, the food has radically changed since then. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So... If you are growing your own food and you know how that's grown and you're, you're eating a, a totally balanced uh, diet, yeah, yeah, you can. But if you're buying stuff off the shelf, it's really hard to make sure. I myself take a multi-mineral, multi-vitamin. multivitamin, yeah. just top things up just, just to be on the safe side. Yeah. You know, it's cheap yeah. in the long run. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think one thing is one one of the biggest frustrations I have uh, when it comes to like this whole world, not, not about chiropractic, but medicine and food and all that, yeah. is everyone, everyone has an opinion. And I've also worked in the, medical, uh, in the medical field a little bit for a year. And I've seen you know, firsthand how like, fucked up you know, things are, mind my language, but that's the only appropriate word for, you know, what it is. Yep. So I don't know, like, me personally, like, okay, you take a multivitamin. I, I, so I was taking a multivitamin, then someone would come and tell me, like, oh, by the way, that's, like, ter- like really bad for you, whatever, and then you go do this. and that. So I, it's so hard to know, like, who, what should I trust? Yes, there's com- there are commonalities that people will say, like, across the board, which maybe that's a good indication of what you know you should be doing. But I feel like as a patient and if someone who's trying to really like actively go about their health and, you know, get the supplementation, do all the right things, it's very challenging because there's too, I, th- I think there's way too much information out there. The, somebody's always pushing some type of agenda. Anymore. The, the, and that's the problem. It's really tough. That's and the problem. You, even on my side, you, you get conflicting studies all the time and, and studies can be manipulated depending on who's funding the studies of course you, know, so yeah. you really have to read how the study was actually done um what you like for myself every six months i do my labs i do all my blood okay. work so I, i'm checking make, making sure i'm in the sweet spot and is it are you doing just a general blood blood work checkup or are you go is it like a full 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 full. Full. okay i'm 60 now so i as you get older now a lot of things are happening now with people people's guts are not in good shape anymore not in good shape so even if you're eating a good meal if your gut isn't performing right you're not absorbing it so you become deficient that way. Oh, know? really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought, I thought if I was eat, I thought eating correctly would make my gut better and I would be able to process things in, in that way. Because we kind of talked about this, you know, regarding like my, uh, what I, with my, my stomach stuff. Yeah. You, you did mention like the gut and how you told me to go on a probiotic and, you, you know, do this and do that. So yeah. how, then how do we figure out, sorry to interrupt you, by the way, how do we figure out then how do I know if my gut health is good? Like, what is the test I need? Uh, there's no, there's like a blood test. Is there a gut health test? 
you, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because gut seems like this mysterious world that obviously now with like, as research has gone on, we know how important it is now and stuff. And it shocked me when you said that even if I'm eating right, if my gut health isn't in the right place or is not performing how it should, then I'm not absorbing all the nutrients from the, the and quotation marks, perfect eating that I'm doing. Correct. Um, there is, okay, what I see a lot of here, okay, number one is people travel a lot here. So you can get exposed to a lot of different, you know, everything from amoebas to different bacterial infections to, and that can throw off your normal flora within your gut. Okay, that can be an issue. Um, you may have had uh, to go on an antibiotic for a certain length of time. Yeah, right now. And now, again, we'll throw off your normal flora. So mm. when, when I'm talking about normal flora, there's certain levels of bacteria that should be within your gut. If you get too much of one type of gut exposure, I mean a bacterial exposure into your gut, it can override the good bacteria, okay? And that can cause inflammation in the gut. Mm. The more inflammation in the gut we get, it, you can get into a thing called the leaky gut syndrome. Mm. Uh, and then that will trigger off a, a lot of histamine release, a lot of uh, immunoglobulins will go up because the body's just not understanding what that is. Yeah. You know? So, Probably the biggest issue is, okay, <laughs> is how well you go into the bathroom. You know, are okay. you constipated? Do you have diarrhea? Do you teeter-totter like between the two? Mm. Okay. Uh, do, are you getting cramping? Mm. You know, uh, do you feel sluggish in the afternoon? All these things come into that, you know. Uh, you can do stool samples. You can do colonoscopy you mm -hmm. know go up there and look around uh, but at the very be least you should do is just understand how you're going to the bathroom and what your stools look like is it a normally formed stool is it yellow is it black is it uh, watery those all mean there's something wrong and that needs to be addressed right away because if we take go back to our analogy of our our car yeah you know, if you're putting diesel in your Ferrari, you know, it's not going to run very well, right? So, yeah, yeah it's the same thing. You, you can put the best fuel in the world into your body, but if you're not absorbing it. What's the point? You're not getting anywhere. Okay, so, okay, so stools, <clears throat> stool is the place to start, I guess, uh, paying attention to, to give you an indication of uh, the, the health of your gut. Um, but obviously that can also be quite a variable, you know, it's, and it, I think the, the issue with that is it, that's very hard. It's very, uh, that indication might be misleading because that's also going to depend on, uh, maybe how much did I sleep? What did I eat yesterday? How much water did I drink? So within that one, within, if we're using that as an, in, as an indicator within that, there are still like maybe three to four things that you need to look at and to like control to truly test if I'm like, okay, all these things are happening consistently. All right, now I know. And I think that's the, is there no test, like a physical test that I could do? Like, you know, like a blood test I could do to check my, my gut health, because if there is, I will take one today. There's not one particular one that just 
just one. You have to look at everything. Really? Okay. Think okay. of when you using the car example. <laughs> let's keep, <laughs> keep going that. back to that. Let's keep it. It's perfect. It's working out. When we're doing our labs, yeah, you know, we're doing all. Yeah. It's like looking at your instrument panel. You know, what's your tachometer doing? What's the amperage doing? What's your oil pressure gauge going? This is what doing laboratory is now. Uh, if if we're not absorbing, something's going to change. And depending on what's not being absorbed will affect different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But the most critical thing is got to have adequate water. You know, that that's another thing that's... And drinking coffee does not count. Yeah, I'm, I'm a coffee drinker. So. Tea does not count. It needs to be water. You know? Uh, <laughs> the amount of rest and sleep you're getting. So recovery time is Mm. critical. If you went out and had a big bender the night before and you got diarrhea in the morning, do you got an issue? Probably not. You just had a big bender. Exactly. Yeah. But if you're, you know, man, I ate right. I did everything right. And I'm still having these cramps. Yeah. You got a problem. So that's how you know. Common sense, baby. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's so uh, kind of what we touched on earlier. It's, Again, it's simple, but it we're, you know, I think there is a big lack of common sense when it comes to these things. We are complicated organisms. Yeah. In yeah. many levels. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's so many with every, you know, throughout our whole conversation, for, it's been, this has been mind blowing to me. The things I've heard today, I'm like, I had no idea and stuff. And one thing I heard um, on the concept, so uh, sleep was something that only rec- only the last few years I've even, I even knew how important it was. You know, it's the best drug basically you could take that's free and whatever. Um, but one thing I thought of, is, one thing I didn't realize, which I, I heard uh, on a podcast recently, is like, oh, bad, if you're not getting enough sleep, that could, that could affect, um, you know, like maybe weight gain or like your metabolism and stuff if you're not getting enough sleep. But I never heard that if you're, meta, uh, if you're metabolic, uh, metabolically challenged, like you have an issue with your metabolism, like if you're overweight or something, it's the reverse. Like that could also be the reason why you're not, you know, sleeping well. Like one thing causes it, but also if you're not metabolically, metabolically healthy, that could be affecting your ability to sleep and to stay asleep and so on. And you see with everything we've talked about, whatever we've said, and we've like talked about this, it raises something, you know, it raises, it just feels like things keep like in our conversation, things just pop, 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 like things keep popping up. Okay. Like, Oh, that's the reason for this. But then that happens. Oh, okay do this up and then this happens that's why for example me i feel like i i get very it feels very overwhelming to me yeah so i I don't know how other people feel but i'm just you know speaking from you know my experience health is the body in equilibrium Mm. Uh, that's the word balance yeah you know and unfortunately our lifestyles today is the anti-equilibrium factor Mm. you know it's it's just going to throw us off we we're you know how often do you go to bed with your phone? Either right next to you or... Mm. You like, yeah, yeah. I go to sleep like watching yeah. stuff all the we're time. We're having massive issues with people, mm. you know. And if we're not getting that adequate deep sleep and all that, you start to throw off your hormones, you know, which is, a, again, f- affecting everything within the cascade of health. Yeah. You know? 
So uh, now you've got guys that just specialize in sleep, you know, or you can buy the app and you can listen mm. to a certain <laughs> background noise, whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, but the, the key is to get everything within a, a, a certain realm where it's all balanced. It's all balanced. Yeah. yeah. And I think, but it, it uh, but to understand, I think this is the this is where I like okay, the body needs to be in equilibrium. But I think as people, you need to put a significant amount of effort in tracking and analyzing and being aware of all these different things in order for you to come to a conclusion of what do I need, who do I need to see, do I need you know is it a dietitian, a chiropractic, a doctor, you know and. I think because it takes it, it's such a significant invest like mental and time investment from yourself that you're yeah. gonna have to do over a, a period of time to get a real answer. That's that's why um, my my outlook is probably not the most optimistic because coming back to what you said earlier, we're very lazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it's yeah, we're 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 more than that. We're lazy, but we're also bombarded today you know by the time you go to work you if you're married you just gotta come home and spend time with your spouse your kids you're not giving yourself what we really need we're, we're usually the last thing that you know especially moms mm. you know the last one who gets any type of treat is her you know, yeah. so these are the ones that walk in and they're 35 and they look 50 and, you know, it, and it's like they've been giving, 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 giving and not taking, taking care of themselves. Care of themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and uh, then we get into premature aging and that, that's a whole <laughs> another podcast <laughs> for that. We'll save we're going to save that one uh, for part two. Uh, uh, Charles, I just have. Two more questions for you, and these are questions I ask all my guests. Okay. Um, so looking back either uh, personally or profession professionally, when I ask you, what are you most proud of for yourself, what would you say? I picked a profession that I can help people. Um, and I do it not for the, for the money, I do it because I really care about people. Mm. And unfortunately, in healthcare, you don't see that anymore. It's really rare. Yeah. It's more about, it's all about the, it's money focused, not people focused. Yeah. And especially now with the corporations coming in, the corporation, you may have a, a doctor that's really caring and stuff, but the corporation is going, you need to do X amount of procedures. Mm. Not what the patient needs because you're going to keep your job. You got to do so many surgeries this week or whatever it may be. Yeah. And it's destroying healthcare. Yeah. And honestly, on that point, I have an example from last week. Um, I, I had, I got, I had food poisoning and I, I went to the hospital. I was in a lot of pain and stuff. And they're like, they told me they're, um, my, you know, that CRP, that reactive protein was, you know, the range was like zero to five. Mine was like 150. So they're like, oh my God, you have to stay and like do a GI panel and understand and so on. And I was like, I don't really want to be, I don't know what's going on. They didn't say, they didn't tell me it was food poisoning. They just said, you need to be admitted and we have to do like all these tests and stuff because they're very expensive and like we can only do it once you're admitted and so on. And then the next morning, uh, thank 
the shout out mom for the advice of not doing that um she's like go just take you know they gave me antibiotics whatever go home it's a uh, there's clearly an infection so that's what they're going to treat and the next day i went to like my personal uh, uh gastro doctor and she's like and she just looked at the blood and she's like yeah it's food poisoning like straight away like if i had not had that phone call like if i hadn't my if i hadn't called my mom just to like you know i always get like to get a second opinion i would have done that and i would have done like a very it's not not that it's an invasive test but would have been so un i feel like so unnecessary for me mm-hmm. to have done all that both from a time cost and you know there was there is needless and the next day she's like yeah okay they gave you antibiotics yeah take this too and like you'll be fine in a couple of days and i think there building on what you said that's the problem yeah yeah <sighs> what to do healthcare 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 <laughs> but on a more positive note uh i really love you know that uh you you genuinely care about your patients i uh, guys i am a patient so i i come this comes from you know my own experience as well and that's why i wanted to have him on the podcast because from day one you were super attentive and everything you did everything you've done has worked so first as a patient thank you very much it's really been super super helpful and i really do appreciate it and for my last question dr charles jones what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today take care of yourself because nobody else will and if you feel like something's not right it usually is <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> I don't think it, it gets it gets better than that. Uh, Dr. Jones, thank you so, so, so much for coming on the show. This has really been such an eye-opening experience. I think not only we've talked about chiropractic, nutrition, health, fitness, there's so many areas that we've covered that I think a lot of people listening to this podcast at, in one of those conversations, they're like, oh, that's me. Or, yeah, I have that problem and so on. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing, you know, your knowledge, you know, with all of us. If people want to come visit you, um, work with you, reach out to you, what's the best way, you know, to get in touch? Uh, I'm at California Chiropractic and Sports Medicine. We're in Dubai Healthcare City. Uh, Our phone number is 04-429-8292. Just call the clinic and the girls will be more than helpful to give you an appointment. Perfect. You guys heard it here, guys. That This is the place that I go to, and this is the doctor that I see, so I can't speak highly enough about it. Dr. Jones, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Guys, to everyone listening, thank you so much. Please make sure to follow, share, like, and subscribe to the podcast on Instagram and other channels. I hope it helps pod. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace. <laughs>